Mac and this is my Geosynthetics podcast. Um, in this episode, I'm with uh, Brandon Swift, um, uh, one of the um, people who have been in the geosynthetics industry in the Australian market for um, almost 20 years. <laughs> and um, um, moving forward, I think you're looking at um, some international roles um, as well. So um, um, thanks for your time and uh, thanks for speaking with me and my audience. Um, um, let's just start with a, um, a like a very gen- generic question about um, your career. Where did you start it? Uh, how did you end up in the geosynthetics industry? So I uh, graduated from Monash Uni in Melbourne, uh, did my undergrads of economics and civil engineering and finished in the early 90s and it was a bit of a recession in Victoria so I ended up working in factories uh, doing some research on precast concrete structures and worked with a a precast concrete company for seven years moving around Australia and then uh, in 2000 I took a year off and finished a master's degree and in, in business administration and then went um, back then I looked for a job in the paper that yep. was how long ago it was and um, I ended up in a, a technical marketing role with Geofabrics uh, starting in 2001 okay. so um, I didn't know anything about geosynthetics <laughs> and uh, uh, here I am 20 years later yeah yeah fantastic and um, yeah so like you said 20 years in um, one company Geofabrics um, and being in a leader in the Australian market um, my second question is um, how do you see these like the 20 years uh, when you look back um, what did the industry look like back then and what sort of changes you've seen in the market in the past 20 years and um, and what's the present status of these um, of the geosynthetics industry in Australia uh, it's a good question it's um for me, it's been a, a, an exercise in watching an industry grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so whilst geosynthetics have been around probably since the late 60s and 70s from, you know, in a serious sense. I mean, Jeff Fabric started in 78, started production in 87, um, but it still was a, a, an embryonic or, or a small industry. Whereas uh, since I've been uh, around, I've watched it grow up and you get um, the jobs get bigger, the products get more accepted uh, as a solution, and it really has matured. So you um, you look at what that brings, and, and if, if I look at that industry maturing uh, today, you've now got quite sophisticated investors coming in in terms of venture capital companies. Yep. Um, you've got you know some sophisticated marketing and and um, production technique. I mean, it's it's actually quite quite nice to look back and watch what you think was your baby and now it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's grown up yeah. uh, as an industry and, you know, it's, in terms of the milestones in Australia, um, you know, we've always, I've, my thoughts are we've always had some very good people in the industry mm-hmm. um, that really promoted uh, geosynthetics as a solution quite well and, and this is, you know, so they've, they've gone before us. But there are plenty of people have done some great research and, and we really have punched above our weight in terms of the use of geosynthetics in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I was to pick one item looking back over 20 years as, you know, that was uh, um, something the industry should be quite proud of. I look at the introduction of the, uh, the Beckham guidelines in Victoria for landfill yeah. as, a, as a fantastic achievement. And, and the people involved with that should, should, should be extremely proud because yeah. it, 
it, it changed the industry um, for the better and we saw more commercial labs open up, the industry capability expanded and from a manufacturer's perspective, we actually got to know our process and our products in a much deeper way and, yep. and it's, that's what, it's helped force us to stay at our leading edge. So mm. I look at it and say, you know, it's, it's started off here, Year, many years ago and has, has just grown and growing and growing yeah, up. improving yeah. absolutely I think that's um, as you mentioned the BEPM standard and and generally maybe that acceptance within the industry industry is a very important um, change when you look at you know the, the situation in the past and, and the current status of the market and, and the industry so uh, that brings me to the next question which is about like the, the, the what do you think um, what are a few things that you are proud of as a manufacturer and supplier of products, geosynthetics products in Australia? Um, I know Geofabrics has been very um, um, active in different um, uh, fields, not just manufacturing. So you, you are probably one of the only um, companies who actually manufacture in Australia um, a, a few of the project, um, core products. And also, um, you, you, you do a lot of research and development and, um, and PhD um, um, support and that sort of um, activities. Um, can you just tell us about that as well? Yeah, so, um, you know, Geofabrics has, has always had a commitment to, to local manufacturing and being close to the customer. Um, and obviously, uh, with the rise of China and, and uh, increased globalization, that can get, you know, reasonably tougher times, but um, if I look at one thing I'm very proud of is that um, we still have two factories in Australia. Uh, we employ more people today in manufacturing than we did uh, 15, 20 years ago. Um, we've improved our volume and quality in our processes uh, immensely over that time and continue to invest. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we are at our core, uh, we are a manufacturer, but that's not how we define ourselves because we are, you know, we provide solutions to the engineering community. But that that manufacturing presence is is central to the business model. But as is a commitment to product quality, understanding the yep. products. We invested in an R and D lab um, over ten years ago, which um, we, we did it because no one else had the capability in the region, and we wanted to have the industry improve. And we opened it up for free to to clients, and that's that was accepted really well um, you know we, we sponsor PhD students we do research with universities um, so there's we get out and we educate do seminars so there's a lot going on in terms of how to keep a um, you know if you if you want to be called a market leader sometimes you've actually got to lead so <laughs> so to get up every day and lead and um, and have that commitment to local manufacturing yeah it's, it's yeah Definitely. I'm very, very proud of that. Definitely. No, perfect. Um, so, talking about the past and present, um, my next question is about future. Um, what do you think the future of geosynthetics industry would look like in the next, say, 10 years or so? Um, what are the areas that, um, that you see are moving fast, improving, um, and what are the areas that um, might be um, um, you know, something that um, a lot of um, maybe other players in the market need to focus on? Uh, one thing's for sure, um, there'll be more competition, not less, <laughs> that's, uh, that's always the way, but yeah. um, 
you know, that's how you keep yourself match fit. Um, I think sustainability is emerging as a real theme, even though Australia uh, has been a little bit of a laggard in terms of, uh, you could argue a laggard in terms of positioning around the world in terms of climate change and, and, and action and so forth. Um, I think that will emerge and geosynthetics has got a central role in that. Um, you know, you, you could call it sustainability, you could call it value engineering, but with geosynthetics, you're reducing, you're building the same structure with less impact on the environment. So, yep. so that's that's certainly um, emerging as a theme. You know, I look at um, the research going in today for the products of the future. So things like emerging contaminants, I mean, PFAS is the buzzword mm-hmm. at the moment, but there'll be others behind that. Exactly. Um, there are mining processes that are um, doing research in terms of how to contain waste and, and so forth. So. I think you'll find more manufacturers and universities will be trying to find where the limits are for products, um, particularly around lining systems. Um, but uh, you know, also there's at the moment all the products are kind of dumb products. They just perform a function. Some perform two or three functions. That's right. There is there are companies out there collecting data and making. You're putting sensors in systems and so forth, but there's actually no, no one yet to master making the product collect the data and transmit it back. And I think I'm not sure where the need will come from and who will be willing to pay for it. But at some point, a company will come out and, and say, "Well, I've now got. I've, you can now monetize the yeah. collection of data through geosynthetics." And I think mm-hmm. that'll that'll be quite an interesting yeah. Thing journey. So yeah, very very interesting. And there, there's always new new products. Um, you know, if you look back a few years ago, we weren't really talking about bituminous membranes. Now yeah. they're on, they're on the scene. You, in terms of the um, plastic liners or polymer liners, you've got EVAs. I think yeah, they're they're emerging as relatively mm-hmm. new. And you've got um, cementitious, right? You know, concrete on a roll now. So yeah. uh, you know, there'll be there will always be people bringing something else through. So it's actually, um, you know. You, can't be Nostradamus, but it's actually quite an exciting time to, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and my, my last question, um, as, as, as always, is about um, maybe one thing, one highlight uh, of your career in the past 20 years in the geosynthetics industry that you think has um, maybe had a significant um, uh, implication or, or, or um, influence on, on your career. Um, what it, do you think it was, and, and how did it um, affect the career? Yeah, it, I, I um, my father was a civil engineer, and he would he would uh, he was a contractor. Yeah. So he would get up and go away for a couple of years, and then come home for a while and go away. Mm-hmm. And one thing we did as a family was we, we moved around. And when I started my career, I knew that opportunities would either come in the same company if I moved around, mm-hmm. or if I stayed in the same city, I'd have to move around company. So I chose to move around geographically. And, and um, I think in my late 20s, I went off to uh, Launceston in Tasmania for two and a half years. And I didn't know a soul. And I was said to a, an older friend who um, probably 20 years older than me, I, I said, I'm, I'm off, going there for a few years. Um, I'll probably, I don't know anyone. I'll probably go back to university. and." study stuff but I'll do something for fun you know, mm-hmm. um, I might do political science or something a bit different get my career 
creative side of the game. Yeah. And um, he said to me, don't be stupid, go off and do an MBA, but I'd never heard of it, I didn't know what it was. Um, and I started it then, um, and I finished it three, three, four years later. And if I hadn't have taken his advice, I wouldn't have then had a series of job opportunities open up. So yeah. part of it is luck and timing, mm-hmm. but part of it is a bit of preparation yeah. and listening and actually that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I might take a bit of advice there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, and I ended up, um, uh, as a result of that, there was some, some, some career steps, but I ended up uh, being put in charge of managing director of a company at uh, 36 years of age at Jim Fabrics. 33 years of age before that, um, just of a smaller subsidiary, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have a clue, um, <laughs> but I had good people around me the whole way through, and we, yeah, we put it together and you learn, but yeah. if I hadn't have taken his advice, the rest of the steps wouldn't have um, fallen into place. Yeah, no, I think um, you're perfectly right. It's um, it's um, a decision that you made at that time, and, and it has made a, a significant influence on your career. and. Um, 15 years as a as a managing director of a of a very successful business in Australia. I think um, that's a very um, significant achievement. Thank you. All right. Um, thanks uh, for um, your time, Brendan, um, and thanks for talking to me and my audience today. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.